everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. We hope that you find encouragement today as you listen. I'm thinking we're going to celebrate today, and I want to talk a little bit about where we're at and, and, and God's goodness in our lives, because 70 is a big deal, okay? Any, I won't ask if anybody's 70 this morning, but um, I'm almost there. Uh, my parents are older than 70, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing as a, as a local church that we, that we uh, survive, because it's not always the cases. And some of you maybe come from denominations where they bought the land somewhere downtown and they're never leaving. And, and they're a part of a major, but the more independent and uh, uh, smaller communities of faith, uh, sometimes they, they can't last, and it's hard to, to, to last through the decades. And we're just so excited that, uh, that we're still around doing what we believe the Lord's called us to do, and that's love our neighbors and love God with everything that we have. And so uh, I want to talk a little bit this morning just along the whole theme of where we've been in the Gospel of John. Uh, I, I want to discuss two things. I want to, and I, I'm going to ask this question, what does a pool and a well have in common? Well, duh, water, right? I mean, you, we'd, we'd all be right if you said, because that's what you're just about right. It was right on the tip of your tongue. You're going to say that, I know. Um, and, and this morning, I want to talk about Jacob's well and how Jesus offered, and that's, what we were, that's where we were at last week, remember, with this, the, the woman from Samaria, and, uh, and the amazing ministry that Jesus did. And it was at Jacob's well that Jesus offered the living water to a w- woman who was broken and hurting. And then a couple of weeks ago, Bethany shared, which actually, if we were tracking along, and if I would have, wouldn't have kind of paused for this this morning to share some things, uh, I would have probably been in John chapter 5, and this pool just, uh, just around the, the Jerusalem area called the Pool of Bethesda. And Bethany did a phenomenal job a couple of weeks ago sharing on that. Talk about a pool and a well and how it relates to us as Christ followers and those of us who re- relate to Christ through this local church, this community, this, uh, this gathering of people here. And uh, we know what happened at the Pool of Bethesda. Uh, a lame man who for 38 years had been hurting and uh, uh, had been uh, unable to walk, was, was taken to the pool probably every day, and there was a, there was a belief that, when, that the waters would be troubled and stir, and at that point, if you first went in, would, would be healed, and uh, he wasn't quick enough, he couldn't get to the water, and so for 38 years, he was, uh, uh, he was in a condition of brokenness, and one day Jesus kind of detoured into that area of the pool uh, and on a Sabbath, he, he spoke to that man, and he, uh, he, he brought life to him, and he, he healed his body. He said, pick up your mat, pick up your, your cot, your bed, and walk. And that was at that location, a uh, pool called Bethesda. And you can still go to Jerusalem today and find where the archaeologists have kind of dug up, and they believe that's the actual site. It's, a, it's got columns, and it's a pool. It's really kind of cool, okay? So I ask this question. How does Bethesda's pool in Jacob's well speak to you and I today uh, at this 70th anniversary or birthday celebration, I just want you to know something. I did not plan. I had no idea they had blue balloons. And I just, you know, I have like three or four shirts that I like to wear on Sundays. And I, it's been a while since I grabbed this one out. And I just, you could ask Debbie. I mean, I might be in the Holy Spirit. I might be kind of moved, being moved by the Lord. So get ready this morning, all right? My shirt and balloons match. So something might, might be right for you today, okay? So uh, how, uh, the question is, d- d- does this pool and this, this well uh, relate to us. Uh, I just want to begin by saying when and where this place began. Every, 
Every family has a history. Every, uh, every business has a history. Schools have history. Governments, our city has a history. This church has a history. In fact, if you were to go back to 1949, there was a letter written to my grandfather. He helped start this church, and he was living in Kansas, and uh, he was pastoring a church that he had established there. They kind of pioneered one in northwest Kansas, and, and it was October 16th, 1949. And... Uh, a couple families had come together and they said, we would like you to come and start a church here in Madison. And you look careful, it's kind of hard to see. Well, it's not too bad. They, they'd rented the hall for, the, for use on the 23rd. So that's the first time this church gathered to worship. And every Sunday since then, we've been worshiping in one form or another. 60, uh, 70 years. Yeah, I get my numbers right, my decades right, right? Uh, so I thought that's kind of interesting. I, I love history. I'd shown this a few years back, but I, I'd come across this. And of course, when I come across stuff like this, I always grab it. But October 23rd, 1949, East Madison Businessmen's, uh, 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 I think it was called uh, Club at that time. It was on Atwood Avenue. And, uh, and this is where they met. Uh, this is what it was at that time. Now it's Bunky's Cafe. I think they do catering only now, but it's right there on Atwood if you go down Fair Oaks and take a right. You go down a few blocks and you'll see it on the left side. That's where we begin on a Sunday, the 23rd, which I think is this week, and uh, uh, 70 years ago. Now, here's another thing I want you to see in this letter. I think this is kind of funny, okay? So he's writing. He says, I'm wondering what you want to call the new church. Would you like to advertise? He says, I, I kind of have this idea, uh, have some thought, calling it the People's Community Church, but do not know uh, whether this would uh, meet your approval. I'm kind of glad it didn't. That, again, I, that sounds... That sounds like a little bit something maybe come out of North Korea or something, the People's Community Church. But it, it's okay, and uh, they, I don't know how they decided on it, but they decided on the name Bethesda, and that's what the founders decided. And you go, Bethesda, this is Ridgeway Church. Well, hold on a second. And this is where we come into our scripture that uh, Bethany shared a couple weeks ago, and if I was just going chronologically, it'd actually bear where we, would, where we would connect this morning and what we'd be looking at, but it says this, that sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is a Jer uh, in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, uh, which is uh, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Beth Bethesda. Okay, so Bethesda. What does Bethesda mean? Uh, Beth is house, and Esda... <laughs> means, uh, if you break it down, it's, it's mercy or it's grace. And so, what a great name. Uh, we used to say it, it, we're a faith community filled with God's mercy and his grace and his healing and his hope. Why? Because it wasn't just a, uh, the name of a place saying God's uh, house of God's grace or mercy, but it's also a place where Jesus came and did a spectacular thing and, and brought healing to a man who was in just such a broken condition. So, we, we love that name, and it, it was a great name, and we we, uh, we lived with that name for 65 years, and uh, it just, uh, uh, I mean, you can't, you can't lose with a name House of Mercy, right? And so we kind of think and it, it's a part of our DNA. In fact, it's on our cornerstone, Bethesda, 1951. If you go out this side door over here, you look down, that, there it sits. So it's, it's a part of who we are. Just because our name changed four, four years ago, I guess this spring, doesn't mean that we aren't uh, striving to be a place of God's grace, a, a place of God's mercy, a place where, well, how did Jesus say it? What's, when the Pharisees asked him the greatest commandment, he said, love God with everything you have, heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So just uh, that, that to me is what a house of mercy is, and that's what we desire. So if you come here on any given Sunday and you don't want to be a person of mercy and grace, you're welcome to go somewhere else, okay? 
You can't believe I just said that. All right, listen. I'll, you can have, you, because this is a house of grace, we'll give you time to get fixed, okay? But uh, that's, and do we fall short? Absolutely. But is that something that is a part of our DNA? We hope so, that this is a place of healing, but most importantly, a place where people can encounter the grace of God in their lives, the mercy of God. So, uh, recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, Alice Betts asked if I would come and uh, sit with this, the kids on Wednesday nights in the Awana program, our Awana program. And it was, we called it pasta with the pastor. Now, if you're Australian, it would have just been pasta with the pasta because they don't pronounce their R's, okay? Uh, so that's what I was saying all night. Come, let's have pasta together. I'm Pasta Brian. And, uh, and the, the questions were really fun. The kids are beautiful. and I know so many of them. And it was just, it was really neat to, uh, to, to sit with them. But one question came up and it was this, how come you changed the name of the church? I, I get the biggest kickback and resistance from the kids who grew up here, maybe in the child care program, it was Bethesda Daycare, it was Bethesda Church, uh, more so than from the adults, because they just, there's that, you know, change is tough, isn't it? And there's that comfort place, you know, where you just, Bethesda's just a great name, especially when we know what it means. And uh, we did it, and we went through that change, uh, because we came to a point where we recognized that, believe it or not, our name kind of became a little bit of a barrier to the audience and the, the community that we wanted to reach. Here's what I mean. First of all, uh, we're becoming more and more post-Christian or post-biblical. So uh, unless people have a friend or a loved one that has been to Bethesda Naval Hospital, they don't know how to pronounce it. And the funniest pronunciations were coming over the phone and our, in our voicemails and the, the long, awkward pause when the um, salesperson calls and says, is this, and then what comes out, close, you know, I mean, they just, how do you, how do you mess, it's Bethesda, Bethesda, but they don't. So we recognize that, and we also recognize the way it sounds and the way we look as a, a beautiful stone building. People thought that we were Lutheran, and we love our Lutheran brothers and sisters, but we're not a Lutheran church. We're, um, you know, we believe a lot of the same things, but we are not a, a Lutheran denomination. And there's all kinds of things as well, especially our relationship with our neighborhood and recognizing that we were probably more like a, a Creek church than a Bethesda church. You know, we're more contemporary. Uh, and, and I've talked to folks that have passed us 50, 60 times, and they didn't want to come to this church just because of a silly name. That's crazy, right? So uh, trying to connect with the culture as culture changes and shifts. Uh, again, though, we emphasize that we just love what we believe is the, the, our calling and our DNA to be a church where God's mercy and grace flows. Uh, so that's just, uh, just a quick, th that's the reason we changed it. I think Bethany did a really good job a couple weeks ago just touching on that a little bit. But the one scripture that comes to my mind is Acts 1.8. Just before Jesus ascends into heaven, his disciples are saying, okay, so when are you going to establish the kingdom? He said, listen, in other words, when are you going to make all this that we know is coming, come? Because they were hoping all along that he was going to be the king and he was just going to kick Rome's butt and kick him out of the country and take charge and greatness and all that stuff. And Jesus said, you know, no, you're not going to know the hours. It's not for you to know the times and the, the dates. Uh, but then he said, but you know what? Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit, this is my paraphrase, upon you as a church. And you are going to become my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where they were. That's ground zero. Judea, that's kind of that, the little, you know, the 
the county, a little bit more than a county for us, but that section of Israel, uh, Judea, Samaria, going further north, and then just beyond to the ends of the world. And we really believe that by identifying ourselves with our neighborhood as the Ridgeway Church here in this neighborhood, that we are planting ourselves firmly in the soil to love those closest to us and then wherever God takes us, okay? So that's, that's kind of, for those of you who weren't around, uh, that's, that's what we went through about four or five, six years ago. We started the road and the journey and we changed our name three or four years ago. But so that's that. Um, Ridgeway, I kind of like, I kind of like what it, uh, I kind of like what it, it means. This is one, one definition, a road or a track along a ridge, especially one of great antiquity. Ridgeway is up there on the hill, Ridgeway Road. We're the part of the Ridgeway Carpenter Neighborhood Association. But I like that one. It's, it's, it's a track and it's especially one of great antiquity. I think that relates to us because our roots go deep, 70 years deep here, and, 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 and getting stronger, we believe, as the Lord continues to lead us. But uh, antiquity is that we've got history. And I, I like one of my favorite slogans uh, with our, our change and our, and our season of transition was on the, a mug that we were giving out for a while, just the journey begins here. Because when you think of a road, in a high place, it's, it's, it's where you begin a journey. And we, we have found over and over again, even since we've changed our name, so many people coming in, some for a season, some for the long haul, and they're getting on the road with us and we're journeying together in Christ because he is leading us somewhere. And it is, uh, it is a, an amazing uh, uh, a destiny that he's placed before us. Uh, that road, the journey begins here. Our faith walk is a journey and it's into, it's into uh, a deeper truth and Ancient insights, right? A journey filled, uh, filled with uh, uh, just mercy and what we see as the house of mercy and filled with God's healing and his grace. So that's how Bethesda, Bethesda's pool speaks to our past, okay? Now let's transition, say, where, where are we in the future? How does this really come home to us? And now we have to go back a chapter to this, this well in Samaria, Jacob's well, and uh, let's see how it looks and how it spells out. Let's just go to the scriptures where this really is, is borne out. And we looked at this thoroughly last week. But here's, here's what we find John writing. Jesus had to go through Samaria. We talked about that last week. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour, uh, and then... Fast forward into the scripture here, 11 and 12 says, the woman comes to him and she's asking these questions. There's this conversation going and she says, well, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? I like how Jacob is showing up a lot in John. Um, remember we were talking about the ladder uh, that Jesus was kind of showing. You're gonna see angels appearing descending and ascending. Well, he was alluding to this dream that Jacob had that we can find in the Old Testament in Genesis, right? And now this morning, we're, we're coming to a place, and last week as well, where Jacob got this land and he dug a well and he gave that area to his son, Joseph. And there's something very unique about this that I think we can grab some, something from that we can have some takeaways this morning, okay? So but let me just say this. Uh, Many of the privileges and the benefits and the blessings that you and I enjoy today are not, uh, not ours by achievement, but by inheritance. Did you hear that? All right. So uh, if you break it down, the roads you drove in on this morning, maybe the house that, sh that you live in or the apartment you live in or the school that you attend or the job and the factory or the office, 
Did you build that? Did you put up the money to build that? Did you, you say, yeah, I pay taxes. No, I'm not talking about that. Did you, you know, most of what we enjoy, wherever we go, however we get there, it, we, we are the recipients of somebody else's efforts and energy. Uh, it's by inheritance. Practical examples, as you can see, the bridges that we have. They're doing a lot of bridge work these days. Uh, all the infrastructure, all the, beautiful, uh, all the beautiful areas around us. We went downtown this week and helped deliver some furniture to a, a family in need downtown. And it's right amidst all that beautiful building going on. I mean, you go here just about three or four or five blocks off the Capitol down East Wash. Every time you turn around, there's a new apartment structure going up. And I mean, there's a festival of foods down there, right, Deb? Yay. And you see all this stuff. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> and it's just beautiful what they're doing to the neighborhood. And, and Kathy Renzel has lived there for years, the Renzel family, and that you wake up and you go, what is going on? It's beautiful. And what was really cool is connected to one of these probably high dollar places uh, was housing for the, those who are in need. And that's where we we're able to deliver it. A beautiful Brand new facility, almost connected to where somebody's probably paying, you know, more than a thousand, more than two thousand, maybe to live that close with a view of the Capitol. And our city, the planners, cool. Like they they brought in opportunities for not just those with big wallets, but others. And so we were able to deliver that. And the, the building, the structure, we we are blessed by those who have vision to see these things happen, and it's it's remarkable. It is. So. Uh, Israel came from the promised land, and as they were about ready to enter into the promised land, that word shows up in Deuteronomy, the scripture, and it's this, that you are going to occupy houses that you didn't build. You are going to drink from wells that you didn't dig. You're going to eat from vineyards that you didn't plant. You're even going to live in cities that you didn't build. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at today in my, much of my life, and especially where I worship. I wasn't here when the sacrifice was made, but I hear of those who did in the stories. I love it. To, to establish an outpost, a lighthouse. We're, there's lighthouses all over the city. We are not the church, but we're a part of the church. Spent four or five hours with about 20, 30 pastors this week up in Merrimack, just praying together and encouraging one. I love the pastors in this city. I've got the big picture, I think. I realize I'm not the pastor of the church. Christ is the shepherd of the church, and we're all over the place. But thank God for this location and this lighthouse in this location. As frustrating as it is sometimes with no parking, I'm so thankful for that. And I didn't build it. I didn't put one dime in the offering to secure this lot and this structure. Now, I put some dimes in the offering since when we added on. But you know what? Somebody had to lay the foundation and lay the groundwork. And we're... This is what I think is so cool. This is what was true for Israel is true for all of us today in every area of our lives, and especially as we celebrate 70 years, as we get to come and we get to worship here and be the body of Christ in this location and expression of his body. Remarkable. Jesus, as we see here, 1,700 years has gone by, and now Jesus is sitting at this well that Jacob dug. 1,700 years estimated that water's been drawn, and now Jesus is coming to not only receive refreshment, but give refreshment. So Jacob's well is a symbol to the life of its godly builder, building for the next generation. All kinds of titles this morning, but just 
Lock that one in, write that one on your neighbor's hand. Building for the next generation. The cost, and the first thing I think that's pretty evident, just a couple things. Jacob's work lasted. It lasted, okay? It still exists today. You can go to a place there in Samaria, in Israel, which is ancient Samaria, and you go to a place, you go down some steps, and there's an Orthodox church there, a Greek Orthodox church, and you can visit. I think you can visit if they're not having a, a service, the well there, 4,000 years later. But you know what? There's quite a cost in digging the 90, 100, 120 feet down. If you know that land and that area, it is hard soil. It is rocky. And you know what else is interesting? Jacob did not need to dig a well. Why? Because he was a nomad. He was a herdsman. He was a shepherd. Here's what shepherds did, all right? They, had, they found the grass. They found the oases. They found the water supply. They used up the grass. They picked up their sheep. Not really. They, you know, moved their sheep forward to the next green pasture, right? But Jacob decided that he was going to deposit something into the future. He wasn't going to just be a consumer. He was going to contribute in a profound way. No small task. Um, I have one of the shovels that Jacob used, I think. Don't laugh. I might. Here it is. Okay. He got it. It was a Stanley. And uh, shovel by shovel, he dug, he dug the hole. And uh, I'll just leave that here. I might come back to that in a little while. Boom. All right. All right. So uh, we've got the shovel. There's your, your word picture this morning. Okay. So uh, no small tad. Did Jacob need the way? He didn't. And, and, but he chose not to be just the consumer, but the contributor. Jacob, uh, he didn't need to, as I said. Now, I, I love the illustration. I use this because I think there's, there's all kinds of you out here today, and there are those this morning that are going to commit to being this kind of person. But my mom is here this morning, and her sister, uh, uh, a few years back, celebrated her 80th birthday, and we, were, we surprised her. And if you knew my Aunt Jeanette, I remember seeing her for one of our celebrations sitting out here. She was here back in the early days when the, when the church was just beginning. And uh, my, my Aunt Jeanette was like an angel. You ever have that relative that it's like there's not any guile in them, you just want to hang out with them? You don't know what's going to come out of their mouth, but it's always funny, even though it sounds tough. When they try to be tough, it's like they smile a little bit, and she just, she was just, uh, she was just the most wonderful aunt uh, you could have, and my mom loved her sister and misses her. But So we're celebrating her birthday, and i got to share this with you because it was kind of cute, all right? Um, uh, she was a follower of Jesus Christ, amazing woman, uh, I would say that she lived on the mercy side of the tracks. She, she was a house of mercy, okay, and uh, filled with grace. And my, my brother gave a story at, the, at, the, uh, at her 80th birthday. He told all the time when she was caring for him as a, just a little toddler, and he remembers this. He has a pretty good memory. And for some reason, he fell out of the car. I don't know how fast they were going. That might explain why Perry is the way he is. But he fell out of the car, and this is what Jeanette said, all right? Now, let's not say anything about this, and I'll buy you ice cream cone later. <laughs> so Perry waited, you know, 55, 60 years, and then he, he squealed on Aunt Jeanette. Um, her son, Mark, uh, who's an amazing Christ follower today, but wasn't always as a young man, uh, uh, one day he jumped up on the table and put his foot in the Boy Scout cake. And uh, so what did Jeanette do? I'm thinking, what would you do? 
Jeanette just took some Kleenex, plugged the hole and frosted over it, all right? Uh, they lived up in northern Wisconsin, and, and, and my uncle Paul couldn't figure out why they were having problems with the bears. And then one day he's talking on the phone, and there's Jeanette with making, uh, I, I think it was honey on bread, and just going out there and kind of offering it to, and now they have bear, uh, bear problems, all right? So she, she just always considered herself to be a part of the solution, not the problem. But in that, in that case, we think she might have been the problem. She's faithful in her life to the Lord her family. For 20 years, she taught a little Sunday school class, and I think it was for uh, primaries or toddlers, wasn't it, Mom? And uh, can you imagine for 20 years just leading little ones into the arms of Jesus? Now she's in the arms of the Lord, but she, she taught us so much just in her life, and she labored faithfully to the Lord through the years. And in, in doing such, she built for the next generation. And if you saw her kids today, one was a full-time missionary for years in, in, uh, in, in, in uh, Western Africa. Uh, the other daughter is faithfully serving the Lord. Their kids are following Christ. Uh, her son and his sons uh, are just uh, loving God and serving God. And I believe it's the prayers and her faithfulness and her graciousness and her love for the Lord. She was planting and building into the next generation from the very beginning. So here's, here's what I'm saying today. Ridgeway Church is filled with generation builders, all right? But there's some of you that, that's like the Holy Spirit's calling you to take on the Jacob or the Jeanette anointing or the Jeanette or Jacob calling, okay? And, and there's so much more we can be doing for his kingdom. Uh, planting, paying it forward, sometimes it's called digging a well that generations will appreciate. And there's all kinds of ways that that can be done. And we'll touch on that as we conclude here in a second. So another thing I just want you to see here. Um, Jacob's work provided a place for Jesus. I mean, 1,700 years earlier, he gets this wild idea to dig a 100-foot hole in the rocks when his job did not require that. Hey, it's not in my job description. How many times have you heard that? That day it was, and it created a supernatural place for God through Jesus Christ, Jesus, the God-man, the Son of God, to show up and give us one of the most amazing passages in all the Bible. Um, he provided a place for Jesus. I like what it says, Jesus, being wearied with his journey, sat by the well. Not only did he visit the well that Jacob built, but he also made practical use of it, right? Um, the fruit of Jacob's labors became a place of visitation. All right, and I want you to hear that for all of us today. On the 70th, and go, and go down and get your picture taken later and then do whatever you do on social media, but save it somewhere and, and mark this as a sacred moment today as we just conclude in a minute here with prayer that we want God to do something big in our life to create a place for the visitation of the divine, all right? And there's all kinds of ways that God allows us to create these, these, uh, these places and spaces for Jesus to show up and to do uh, supernatural things as he did there. The Spirit of God will notice and visit the place of your labor and my labor. I want you to be encouraged by that today, okay? Some of you are feeling kind of discouraged, you know, because you, you give and you give. And, you know, some, what we're, we're not really good as humans to 
sometimes to, to encourage one another. We need to do that more often when we see others serving in the kingdom or however, especially in the kingdom, because that's where we're at right now in the body of Christ and the family of God. But we don't always get the accolades. We don't always get the fist bumps. We don't always get the high fives. I want you to hear something today. The Holy Spirit loves you. He's proud of you. Jesus is proud of everything that you do and that you're doing. And if you never get it, another word of a shout out or a high five in this life, you're going to get a big one someday in the presence of the Lord. Because God's Spirit will notice and visit the place of your labor. And maybe we'll see it from the balconies of heaven where what we've served and what we've done ends up being a blessing in such a profound way. I hope we can see it this side of heaven, but uh, know it, know this, that when we sow seeds into kingdom soil, there's fruitfulness that follows. Uh, here's, here's some R's. I'm just going to rattle off real quick. Jacob's well provided a place of visitation where Jesus, the Son of God, came and there was rest. There was rest for him. There was refreshment for him. There was refreshment for the woman. There was reconciliation for that woman who was brought to God and forgiven. There was recognition uh, 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 of who he was as the Messiah, the promised one, the Christ. Um, there was realization, you know, probably the same concept there. Uh, revelation, restoration as lives were being uh, uh, restored. There was a reaping as Jesus spoke of a great harvest that was to come, right? And, and this, that town of Samaria, Sychar, they came out by the droves, maybe the hundreds, maybe the thousands. For two days, Jesus stayed, and there's a great harvest of hearts that became Christ followers and were brought into the kingdom. There was revival. I mean, you could probably come up with some of your own R words this morning. The point is, when we serve, when we are faithful to dig, when we are faithful to go forward and not just be consumers, but to be uh, contributors, God visits that place. He visits our labor. Jesus visits what we put forth and who knows what he can do with our loaves and our fish, right? We saw what he did with the little boys, and that's, that's, uh, that's in a couple chapters, actually, because John has the feeding of the 5,000. But um, listen to this. There's no service that is too humble. There's no work that is too obscure and no job that is too trivial. Nothing goes unnoticed by the Lord. Nothing. No service too humble, no work too obscure, no job is too trivial, and nothing goes unnoticed by the Lord. Be encouraged in that today. I invite the worship team to come forward. And uh, we're just going to we're gonna close the song here and uh, end a little bit differently this morning. I like how the Apostle Paul says it when he writes his first letter to the Corinthians in chapter 15. He says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, I mean, that's gender neutral, okay? Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know that the labor in, your, in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor, if you're serving your next door, if you're serving your relative or somebody like that, and, and uh, it can feel like it's in vain. If you're doing it under the Lord, it's never in vain. You could serve the rest of your life your next door neighbor and mow their lawn and clean out their gutters and never get a thank you. But if you've been convinced that God called you to do that, it's not in vain. When we have the kingdom in mind and we sense the Lord's leading, you're hitting the, you are hitting the, the bullseye of the target as you walk and as you live out your life. 
There's a poem that says, that says, build it well, whatever you do, build it straight, strong and true. Build it tall and build it broad. Build it for the eyes of God. That's it. I like that. Under the Lord, under the Lord. So when we build for the next generation, we provide a place for visitation. All right. I'm thankful for what we are. I'm thankful for that name. I'm thank you for that, thankful for that DNA. But I'm really excited about what God's going to do through you and I in the days to come as we build and provide a place for his visitation. Um, so here's the question. Here's, I had to throw this picture up there. I had to redo my deal this morning. Uh, this is Connor Betts last year. No. <laughs> this is Connor Betts in 2002 when we were breaking ground to add the addition on here, okay? Now, somebody should have told Connor, do not pick up a shovel. It's going to mess up your destiny because Connor is so 100% in this church. I mean, Connor is, is, is serving in about a dozen different directions. I, at the last minute, I gave him something to do this morning and, and I, I don't, know, I don't know, want to know what he thinks. He just comes back with a no problem, you know? And it all started when he picked up a shovel. The rest of us, have you ever heard of groundbreaking where you take a little soil, it's symbolic. He took it seriously. He's been breaking ground ever since. And so, how's that kind of mean to embarrass you, Connor? But thank you. Uh, yeah, you're all Connors. So, so here's the question. And you all, there's so many of you. I just, I just thought that picture was great. Connor is all of us today. And here's, here's our shovel. Where's the well? Where does God want us to sink this shovel today? You know, it might be reading to the four and five-year-olds in, in, in Awana. It might be coming alongside the women's ministry. It, it might be, boy, I tell you, when I think of Celebrate Recovery and just the where the Lord wants to take that, it may be coming and helping Tammy who cooks every Wednesday night. She provides a meal. And then she's got support too. The people come in, but I see her. And, and just, we have all kinds of, I, I watch every, every Sunday morning, Linda and Rose come in early and they prepare coffee so that we can have coffee. And, and in comes Tammy with donuts. These are people working behind the scenes. Many of you do the same thing, but these are, these are uh, poster people for us to say. They've got a shovel in their hands, but there's, there's a whole lot of soil to move. There's opportunity in the kingdom. Maybe it's changing it. Maybe it's, maybe it's the shovel to change a diaper. I think it won't be long. We have to open up that nursery again. Sorry, Martha, if you can hear this. Because um, they, they take a lot of energy to run. And you can't just have people in there with the babies, but we're, we're procreating around here, all right? And we're going to probably need nursery space. So hey, this is a diaper changing space. No, no, we wouldn't call it that. But you know what, that's what you can, what, whatever God puts in your hands and, and, and creates, maybe you just have a gift to rock babies and, and, you, and, and, and uh, maybe that might be something you do. The list goes on and on, doesn't it? And that's just within our community of faith here. When we exit these doors, that's where there's a whole lot of soil, amen? Soil might just be sitting down and just uh, going to coffee with someone who's struggling and they're just in a, in a desperate place. And you're just hanging. You don't have answers, but you know what? I'll pray for you this week. And maybe you buy the coffee for the first six months. And every week, you just find a time and a place where you say, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do except just to trust God with you. And let's, let's believe the Lord to do work in and God will because God visits the place of our labor. All right. Thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, check out our website at www.ridway.church.